Yeah, so I asked Kachi what's the team for today, and Kachi said it's Gabriel Huzuz. So it's not my thought, it's not my thinking, it's Kachi. So if you don't like Huzuz, if you don't like us now, face Kachi, don't face me. My name is Sinaleja Adebo Alesi. I'm using Italian cap today. This is the best show in the whole of the universe. It's new sisters of sport. I have the game with me today. Sorry we could not be with you guys last weekend. Uh, apologies for that. But we are back. We're back. We're back. We're back live and doing it big and doing it real big time. I'm showing on a band radio school, of course, on our YouTube channel, Spotify. And now we are on rumble.com. That's the new place that you can catch us and watch us live. Um, I'll, I'll allow my, my co-host to introduce themselves. I'm going to start with Oracle Koji. Sports fans, always, it's always a pleasure and privilege to be here. Um, I chose Gabriel, Gabriel Jesus because uh, he seemed to have taken to life the national as a dog takes to water. Let's hope that this translates to some a bit of consistency um, in the main the business part of the season and not only Arsenal continuing their trend of winning every preseason trophy there is to win. <laughs> Stay tuned for a great show. All right, perfect. Turn out to sports. Uh, all right. Hello, viewers, listeners around the world. Welcome to the show once again. Uh, for me, I think the team of this show uh, today will be, uh, let me say, the legal interpretation of players' contracts. We need the board to probably wear his, uh, his, let me say, his law-thinking cap because I know he has a bit of background in law. And the wife is a, uh, is a, is a she's a lawyer, so we need some perception, yeah, some lawyer, some legal perception in terms of what is actually going on between my uh, my United, Frankie the Young and Barcelona because there seems to be a lot of issues that probably is not uh, is not clear to we that we are not learned because that's what lawyers call themselves. <laughs> they are the only learned people. Let me, let, let me tell you something for free, though. Laporte is a crook. Oh, shady. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, good evening, everyone. Uh, welcome to the show. Uh, my name is uh, Shayi Ajayi once again. Um, as a Manchester United fan, uh, you want to be, <laughs> you want to keep looking, you know, for the arrivals, uh, it seems uh, they, they are, they are coming in in three clinics. It, it seems it seems they are, they are, they are coming in in three uh, Even though the, the the outward players seems to have left, they are quite a whole big hole in the team. Uh, but we are still looking forward. Let's see what happens by the end of the transfer window. Uh, Olawale mentioned uh, the young uh, issue earlier, and uh, we hope to dissect that uh, business right here today. All right, perfect. Thank you very much, Shei, for that um, wonderful introduction. But don't say good evening. Some people are actually in the morning. Uh, we, <laughs> we're going to start off and uh, jump off right into it. And we're going to start with the NBA. Not so much um, coming from the NBA front, but I can... Uh, uh, um, Something I've never liked. I supported the Boston Celtics in the course of the NBA playoff um, last season. They have won. Um, I even wished in the finals they could win against the Golden State Warriors at the point until I now 
threw out my green jacket and just said, oh, let me go with Steph Curry because of the abuse um, Steph Curry has um, gone through in the hands of people that don't appreciate um, don't appreciate that kind of talent. <laughs> um, anyways, something I don't like about the Boston fans, the, 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 the Boston Celtic fans is the fact that they are way too abusive and they don't keep it a step. They don't tone it down and, and they go racial. Who doesn't who doesn't make sense? Uh, we, we all understand that most of the people in, in the NBA or the players are black guys. Most of them are black guys, and there's always this um, sentimental value towards protecting your heritage and the rest. I'm not here to to talk about what our social status is um, as black people, but. The inadequate, the intellectual inadequacy of the Celtic, the Boston Celtic fans. I'm pretty sure their average IQ will be less than 20. I'm, I'm, I'm not, I'm not apologetic about that. If you go around throwing tantrums and abusing people um, racially, even if you are Elon Musk, your IQ is below 20. I know Olawale will have a dissenting opinion, so I'll start with Olawale on this one. Olawale, how ridiculous! Given what I, I knew it, um, but given what the uh, um, what's his name again, the bro came out the to bro. say over, uh, over the course of the day, like these guys are very, very racist. I'm not saying they should do anything about it, but I don't even really care. I don't even really care again. I don't, I don't play the sport. But how ridiculous are these fans for doing this? Hmm. I think for me, this is a bit complicated because I've, I've actually watched Kennedy. Uh, uh, Perkins saying it on, I think was it on first take when Kyrie was having these front and back issues with uh, the Celtic fans. So fans. And we all yeah. knew, yeah, and we all knew the, 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 the history between, between Kyrie and the Celtics. So, uh, Perkins, uh, the way it sounded that day, it, it wasn't like he was probably doing it for TV or probably because he, he played for the Celtics. It was very clear that. Sell, uh, Boston is not a racist town. The Celtic fans are not racist. Mm. For the fact that um, they are being, uh, what do you call it? Uh, what I say? Passionate. Probably they could be abusive, yes. But from what he said, that uh, it, it wasn't something really personal, like in terms of like, yeah, on, as in it's uh on the on the racial uh, it doesn't sound anything racial Any at racial. all yeah, okay. uh, and and look for for lebron coming out to say this couple of things is lebron saying this probably to be uh to get Kyrie to the uh lakers well, of course you can never tell sometimes but i uh, you understand lebron has a bit of history with the celtic boys one of the reason why lebron left cleveland cavaliers in the first uh doing the first thing there well, because he couldn't, there was no answer. He couldn't get the answer for. Okay. Couldn't get him past the the Boston Celtics big three of K, uh, Kevin Garnett, um, Paul Pierce, Brett, Halle, Brett, Halle. yeah. So I I know he has history with the Celtics in terms of the game. So maybe it's personal for, for LeBron. Yeah, but but for me, I've heard I've heard a lot of. I, I, if if he has said this about the Utah fans. Probably I will not argue with this because I think we've seen a lot of different players having issues 
with the Utah fans on, 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 on TV. Olai, the Mormons can get you in a jail. Don't don't abuse don't abuse the Utah fans. So yeah, I'm not <laughs> So if you are saying this about the Utah fans, probably I might not. But for the Celtics, I don't think so. Of course. Again, if you look at if you go back in history, if you look at the Boston Celtics and the and the Lakers rivalries in the eighties, uh-huh. you understand the fact that because I, I, there was this documentary from the ESPN this thirty for thirty ESPN documentary, uh-huh. like a couple of black guys they play for the Celtics in those days. You know, there is this perception about the town being a racist, uh, uh-huh. uh, like you are playing for a white team. Uh-huh. Why, uh-huh. why will a black guy play for a white team? Why uh-huh. the Lakers is viewed as a black team? As a black team, but but, by, but by beyond that, I don't think we've heard any bad thing about the Celtic fans in terms of being racist. To be sincere, I, I just I, 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 I it's very difficult. It's very difficult for me to say LeBron is lying, but again, it's just a bit surprising with the way he came out. And as it, it was very firm about it, it wasn't something like. He has, he, he has a doubt about. Yeah. So I'm very surprised. I won't say the because I would I would have expected probably somebody like either KG or even Ray Allen to have alluded to this, if not if not openly, at least they should have given us a hint of this, even after their retirement. But okay. I've not heard anything like that from anybody. Okay. If it's so just so. Kachi, any dissenting opinion. I saw it last season, anyways. I don't know. I saw it last season, and I felt I felt it was off the top, you know. For me, that's why I think. I'm, and we from Toronto, we don't like the Boston Celtics. We don't like we're them. Too so. poli- we're too polite. Uh, <laughs> uh, I actually don't have a dissenting opinion. I really don't think it's the entirety of the Boston Celtic fans. Yeah, I, I definitely need to point out that I believe there are some stupid people among those fans yeah. that have an IQ of minus 20, not just 20. <laughs> um, and sometimes those people, just like the proverbial empty barrel making the loudest the noise, noise yeah. are yeah. the ones whose voices we hear because yeah. they don't yeah. have an iota of decorum or decency mm. in their bias and racial stupidity that they yeah. express mm-hmm. um for, for a franchise to have existed since the inception of the league mm-hmm. i i think um if they were notoriously or notorious for being racist as a franchise it wouldn't just be an issue coming out now exactly but, also, but, but it, i don't think i don't think it's a franchise um catchy. i think it's a fans yeah well the, the fans the fans make the franchise. If you're a franchise without fans, you are not. <laughs> if you go to if you go to the NFL, speak to the Los Angeles Rams. Every time they play San Francisco 49ers, it looks as if they are playing an away game because they don't have fans. You know. Yeah, uh, but but another thing I need to also say is, oftentimes you hear the the Boston Celtic fans. When you hear them, that boisterous, that raucous, uh-huh. it's a sign of respect because they only bring their A game in terms of insulting or heckling you when they know you are a big threat to them. LeBron James, Draymond Green, like it uh-huh. did, and the uh-huh. stadium shouting yeah. what they shouted. So yeah. I think it's just a way of making your presence felt. And, and the reason why I don't really think they are, they, they are racist as... I, I'm, and I mean 100% racist yeah, is yeah. 
when you watch basketball in Europe, European, uh, is it called, uh, yeah, Euro basketball. Uh-huh. Yes, Euro basketball. Fans, home fans are born, they are throwing flares, they are born anything to intimidate the visiting fans, mm. you know. So you do everything that you can do up until the point where you cannot break the law. So bend it as much as you can, but don't break the law. But all this, I really need to come back to let you know, in every hundred, a basket of hundred apples, it is inevitable that there will be one or two bad apples. If it's for those one or two bad apples, I agree with what LeBron has, has said, but I cannot use the antics of one or two or a small pocket of fans to generalize to judge, to judge, and say to the judge. entire fan base is racist. Okay, all right, perfect. Maybe I'm a little bit sentimental because uh, we don't like. You're a Raptor fan, that's yeah. right. Yeah, I'm not a Raptor fan. Please, please, I support us now. But, 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 but Kachi, 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 don't like me. Yeah. But I, yes. I, I, I have a bit of soft spot for Boston as a probably as a city. I think uh, there is a bit of Irish. British heritage around exactly. that area. Yes, yes. Uh, I think I, I think the and the whole of that area is called New England. And yes. the Irish are actually good people, anyways. I've worked with a couple of Irish, and they are very, they are very nice people. All right, uh, moving on, we'll move on to uh, Kachi. We'll move on to your alter ego in the person of Kevin Durant. <laughs> it looks like oh it looks like Kevin Kevin wants to leave. Uh, some people are actually. In support of Kevin leaving right now, leaving um leaving the um the nets, the nets. but it looks as if the only the options in front of Kelvin does not look good, and his best option is to return back to his vomit. That's staying with the nets. Or probably go to go to stay warriors or move to the Celtics success. The Pelican, the Pelicans rejected, they rejected the trade offer. New Orleans, everybody have basically rejected the trade offer for Kelvin. Because for you to get Kelvin, you have to give away every good that you have in your team. And like I already pointed out to production, even if Kelvin goes to one of those teams, Kelvin would still be alone in that team. Because all the good players would have been traded to the net. So it looks like a very bad dilemma for Kelvin. And he's so much in contracts. Like his contract is so tied down with the net that it doesn't even make any other of sense for him to force, try to force out a move. If you are going to the to the, to the other side for three years and you they've traded all the good, all the Jews. Let me let me mm-hmm. put it that way. All the Jews in the four years. Orange, four years. Four, four years. years. Four years. Oh, thank you. For four years, <laughs> for four years, they're going there. They squeeze all the juice out of that team already to get you. It's just going to be from fire to fire. But catch yeah. I want to hear your mm-hmm. point about that. It's interesting what's happening to KD. Uh, first, let's put it out there that it is the media that has been touting Golden State Warriors as a potential landing spot. Let's not forget that <laughs> Kevin Durant himself came out and only mentioned two franchises. Hmm. The Phoenix Suns, or the Miami Heat. Every other rumor we've heard has been rumors from the media and from guys like you and I. Unfortunately, the Phoenix Sun signed out of that option when they matched the Indiana Pacers' offer to uh, DeAndre Ayton. So, because right, Ayton is committed, I don't know where they can get the cap to to, to accommodate both of them anyway. Now, back to 
what Salali also said in reproduction for, and we've been saying this every time you ask us, where is the ideal place for Kevin Durant to stay? The ideal place is that Kevin stays back in New York, remains in Brooklyn. Uh, the truth is, whether we like it or not, forget whatever is happening on paper. The Brooklyn Nets team is a championship caliber team. The way they are currently constructed. Yes, they may not have a, a an out of this world center. Yes, we understand. But they have a very good potentially when he decides to play proper basketball, they have a very good defender in Ben Simmons uh-huh. that can at least be the first line of defense to allow the seven-footer Kevin Durant come back and maybe swat some balls away. Um, if Kyrie is in his element and going into his bag of tricks, we know he's, he's a 1B. Kyrie is not a 2. He's a very good 1B. One B. Um, so, so if they decide to all remain together, and let's not forget that this team could have won a championship two years ago. Uh, uh, save for what happened in Game Six, I think it was it Game Six or Game Seven? Game Seven uh, in, the, the in the Eastern Conference Final uh, against the Bucks, right? The way they are constructed, they will they will challenge. I'm not saying they will probably win it, but they will get to the business end of, of, uh, so why, of that. So why the rush to leave? The issue really is all we've been saying about Kevin Durant. Kevin hates to be challenged. When I say to be challenged, he doesn't like to give himself the challenge. You know, you look at uh, the likes of Sergio Mane, who had something good going in Liverpool and said, okay, I think I've won all there is to win. Let me go to another league entirely just to prove himself. Kevin right now does not hold himself that accountable. And I think he's hurting his legacy, especially if he moves to the Warriors, <laughs> like you said, like everybody is saying he will. Um, I don't think you you you, you, you gave a, a very good point that if any of these things should come for him, Josiah would ask, because he's, he will be bitter. And if he's going to be bitter, Kevin is potentially putting him, setting himself up to, like Olawale call it, to suffer the Carmelo Anthony dilemma when he moved from the Denver Nuggets to the New York Knicks. So, back the question, if you ask me next week, if you ask me when the season starts, where the best place is for Kevin Durant, it is for Kevin Durant to go back to Josai and say, I'm under contract, I'm going to at least honor this year of my contract and if you want to make any other trade, it will be because I asked for it. I still right. think the net is the best place. All for right, me. perfect. Thank you very much for that. Aulali, I'm going to come to you next. And um, let's, for one second, think about it that like KD is staying, um, Kyrie staying, Ben Simon is back in his element. Who potentially could uh, or should the, uh, the net be trading out? to get a good center and which should be the, the big center that the nation look forward uh, to getting to complement it honestly because because if they do complement it like Kachi rightly said their potential winning unity we see the Boston tell, sell, the Celtics getting to the final whether by hook or crook they got there for me you know? uh, for me if you ask me uh-huh. I think I think the for, the major thing the Brooklyn Nets needs for Manor is they need a leader. And how, which leader can they trade for? They need a coach who can hold those guys accountable. They need mm. a coach who is very smart, who is very sound, who understands the game very well. 
See, even though that team is not balanced, we understand that fact. We've seen a lot of championship teams in the past who are not really. They hardly you can hardly see a team that looks perfect. completely 100, 100% perfect. Team. Yeah, they'll they'll be so as good as the as uh, the Golden State Warriors of even 2015-16 was. People always they are, they, they are all they are when it comes to rebounding, they are not so good when it comes because they don't have the size. Yeah. You could imagine if uh, if Draymond uh, Green is the to- is the tallest guy in the team, mm-hmm. and he's one player at the center. So that's true. So I just think they need somebody who could probably work on the, who could probably work on the strength of the team and find a way to hide their what do you call it? The deficiency. Because, uh, the deficiency. Yeah. The, 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 and I think. If they had a very good coach, this guy, this their current guy, by now should have been improved. What's his name? Uh, Kachidi's uh, tall young boy. At times, uh, were, I, 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 I think his the, name. I, yeah, I, I forgot his name. I think the guy should have a bit of flesh. He needs to be yeah. more. Yes, he needs to bulk up. He does definitely. He needs, needs to, to bulk up. He needs to bulk up. And with Ben Simmons, like we are saying, Ben Simmons is not just a point guard. Ben Simmons is one of those players that can guard every position. He can get a, he, he can defend a point guard. He can defend a shooting Nick guard. Clarks, he can defend the Clarkson. Yes. So I think there are lots of potentials that can, and they can just go small completely with with Patty Mills mm-hmm. and uh, uh, Seth Curry, and they are getting this guy back. What's the name? Uh, this uh, white shooter that had injury last different, last Drogan. Drogan. No, not Drogan. Uh, no, there was one. Joaris. So the so so the uh, is coming back. He's a very good defender. And if in terms of trade, I don't know whether they can get a meaningful trade package from either Joaris and Clarks. But I still think that squad alone, it's all about. I think if you can't get leadership from Kevin Durant, they need. If there is one thing I think they can do, is rather to change their manager and get somebody who is very good at like. I was very mad when we were good looking for coaches that they didn't consider Tyloo. He was available there. Tyloo or even uh, Mark Williams. Ma- exactly. So I yeah. think those are the. I think for me, that squad should be. They can retain that squad and get a very good coach who could get the best out of that. I, like Kachi said, Kachi said everything. They have a championship content because what you could the best you could wish for in any team is like okay, this team we have. Has potentials to get to the business end. Winning it all depends on a lot of factors. A lot of which factors, might not yeah. entirely be within your control. But what you could have or you could wish for is that okay, this is our be, team. Be, we are sure. Be prepared enough for 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 for, for, the, uh, for the situations for, for the, ahead. What, exactly, which I think I have, have a question. Sort. I have a question, Olawale, for both you and, and Debo. I also want, I know you are the host, but I want to put you on the spot here. Uh, still sitting with the Brooklyn Nets. So, Goran Dragic, uh, their guard, you know, is back at, in his hometown mm-hmm. and he could speak freely to the media. He said the current, and this is someone who has played with the Heat, he's known, he's seen the Heat culture. Uh, he came out to say that the current Brooklyn Nets roster is governed by a me-first individualistic mindset, unlike mm. the team 
team-centric mindset that the Heat is known for. Now, this is someone that is, I don't think he's he's a, I think he's a free agent. Yes, I think he's a free agent. What, seeing what he brings, yes, he may not be the younger tragic that we know, but he's still pretty effective Uh when he gets, when he plays in a team that moves the ball around. How significant will it ultimately be when someone in your own team is coming out to publicly condemn players' attitude and what should the Nets do with Goran? I want to get both but, yours and no, another but I think uh, Goran has probably just shared the sentiment of what everybody. we already, everybody, what everybody is already aware of. We all know what Kyrie is all about. Kyrie <laughs> believes he should be taking the last shot in that team. In his mind, I think Kyrie believes he's better than any other person playing basketball. That's why I call him and, the one B. Uh-huh. And and KD himself, if you if if, 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 uh, if you check one of his interview when uh, he initially joined, what do you call it? Uh, the Nets. The Nets. Yeah. He, he, he he criticized the ball movement uh, style of the Golden State Warrior. Is like what he said in that interview, like. I'm not quoting by like at times ball movement doesn't win it overall. It, it gets to a stage whereby you have ISO. to get the ball. I I so go ISO and do your thing. Yeah. Uh, it could, if you if, if 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 you recall the Boston uh, the series with Houston, the uh, when they played um uh, when uh, Chris Paul was in Houston, they in game I think it was in game four or game five. Uh, Steve Kerr actually called KD aside. He was now narrating some stories about the Jordan boost to him, how you have to trust your teammates. Yeah. There are, there are times KD want to go ISO, but because of the way they play, but unfortunately, this uh, ball movement was what has given you the success you've enjoyed. The ISO you and uh, Russell Westbrook played at, what do you call it? Uh, okay. Okay. Mm-hmm. Did not land you guys anywhere. So, uh, Goran, for me, I think as ju- I just alluded to what we or we, what we've already known, uh, we, we are we've already as everybody actually believes. KD and and that's one of the problem they have. The coach doesn't have a say. KD and Kyrie are the one determining when what to do what. And what KD doesn't realize is it is easier to defend an ISO team compared to a yeah. team that moves the ball around. Moves around. Yeah. Anyways, for, for me, for me, actually, I'll say uh, that's pretty pretty bold. And like uh, Mala Ali said, it it's alludes to, it's just an echo, a, a sentiment that's being re-echoed, right? Mm-hmm. And I, I know, I like I like Kyrie, but he's, he's, um, his thinking is a me, is a me factor oriented and is individualistic, if, if I could, if I'm permitted to use that word. So, mm-hmm. There, there need, there's a need for things to change in the team for them to have to have that desired success. And like Wale said, it's um, it's something that it has to be organic. Nobody wants to take responsibility. They don't have a, they don't have a LeBron or Michael Jordan or even a, exactly a Green in their team. So it has to be like a unity, a united team playing together and doing their things collectively. As and that's coach. why they need a coach. Exactly. They need a coach. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's where that's where the leadership starts from. Anyways, uh, let's move on to basketball. Well, we have nope. uh, Garcia 
calling out Jonathan Davis. She, what's happening? Jonathan Davis is, is he looks he looks rugged. <laughs> Do you think um, Gasha will stand a chance, or this is just all talk and press like we always see in, bas- in boxing? Um. Anyway. <laughs> Uh, we've seen uh, quite a lot of uh, boxers coming out to call out uh, fellow rivals. Uh-huh. Uh, some eventually, they actually get to battle it in the ring. Some uh-huh. might not be. Oh, but, this, but this actually is close to it because uh, uh, these guys are they're on top of their game. They are, they are one of the top three, let's say three to top four fighters in the lightweight division so we cannot really say that it, it, it can happen uh Ryan garcia is a is a interim lightweight uh, title holder that's wbc and okay. um jovanta davis is a wba uh, proper uh, title holder so these are uh, fighters that they've actually showed their class over the years uh, but for me, I think uh, with the experience of Javanta Davis, is um, uh, 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 I think he's a more dogged fighter. He's uh, 27 years. He has a, a better knockout rate. He okay. has uh, he has been in the ring more times than uh, uh, Ryan yeah, Garcia. Yeah. Okay. Uh, but if you have to put the two fighters together, I, I think they are actually close in terms of uh, their style. Uh, they wow. both have a very powerful left hook. Uh, even though Ryan Garcia is uh, about five, I think about five inch taller than uh, than Giovanta Davis. But come to think about it, we've seen Giovanta Davis go into another weight division fought someone way taller than him in the likes of uh, uh, Mario Barrios and took him out in like, mm-hmm. I think, seven rounds. Wow. So uh, you, you, can, you, can, you can really see that Jovata Davis is the fighter you don't want to enter into the ring <laughs> with. But of course, these are gladiators. Ryan Garcia also uh, 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 possess a, a flawless record, uh, talking about 24, I think 23 bouts with 19 wow. knockouts actually is not a pushover but i think it's just a little bit um, less experience than jovata davis that is really the difference um actually actually uh, won his bout uh, last night yeah and also his, his claim to be able to fight jovata davis is not far from true because he fought a 33 year old man oh. last night Oh. <laughs> uh, two came out in six rounds. Uh, Fortuna, Fortuna is actually also a a, a southpaw. Giovanni Davis is a southpaw. Uh, Giovanni Davis is five five five. Uh, Fortuna mm. is five six. So wow. you can see the similarities in it's, the guy he fought so, yeah. uh, last night. Uh-huh. So definitely, uh, I think it deserves is uh is uh, is uh <laughs> it deserves his, his talk, his his talk of, ch- of challenges exactly yeah but he has done this he has done this over the years he's also called out uh devin honey uh, apparently they are close uh friends oh, uh, wow. they fought in their amateurs uh but the guy is i think a little bit above him 
But let's see what happens. It's going to be a fantastic bout if it ever happens in the lightweight division. Uh, we'll be here to, 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 to do the countdown. All right, <laughs> perfect. And of course, uh, since we were here last week, honor is due to whom honor is due to. Uh, Novak won uh, the Wimbledon Open, uh, doing it in, great, in grand style against the eccentric um, uh, Nick, 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 uh, Kyrie, Kyrios. Please, please pronounce it very well for me. And, and of course, there's a need. There's a need for me to publicly apologize to Nick Figueroa's um, 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 for the question I asked a, a week before that. I, I did a little bit of research about him, and I saw this guy is um, has battled alcoholism, uh, drug addiction, and and this 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 kind of trade that we've seen in him to rehabilitate himself, get him to his first ever. Grand Slam final. It's, final. it's still it's still a good one, given his history. So I apologize on behalf of myself and of course the rest of the coast uh, to uh, the Krigios for 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 washing it out. But Shei, just before we go on a quick break, Novak is cementing um, his um, his legacy further, and I claim it to be one of the best of all time. And, and, and the issue is, or should I say, my own question is, who is he handing the mantle over? We, we can't we can't deny the fact, we can't deny the excellence of uh, the Pisampras, uh, the Andre Agassi, um, um, Roger Federer, um, Rafael Nadal, and of course Nova. We can't deny the excellence of these guys, you know. And the bad, bad boy John Macro, the one that went to prison as well, I've forgotten his name. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> yeah, but Boris Becker. Boris yeah, Becker, Boris Becker. Of Thank course, you, he, yeah, exactly. You know, we can't we can't deny their excellence and their level of talent. But who are they over to? And how 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 do we? I don't even I don't even want to elogize Novak for any reason. Is is we've done so much for him on this show. We don't have to play over, <laughs> over and over again. But who are who are those? Is Andrew Novak true? Are they are they fit for for the role? Are they fit for the throne? You know, when when Pete was going, we know there was Andre Agassi. When Agassi was going, we know there's 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 a Roger. And while Roger was doing this thing, we could see the exploit of Rafa. We could see the exploit of Novak himself. Even Andy Murray, uh, yeah. for some for some changes, I'll, I'll have to put him there as well in the mix. Yeah. Yeah. So I just want yeah. to know, would you think is would you think it's the closest to these guys that could potentially I, to be, be to be to be next. to be to be sincere um uh, Debo, I know there's quite a lot of uh, guys out there that easily we could uh, mention the names, the Zerevs, the Mendevets, yeah, yeah. the uh, Beretini, Carlos Alcaraz. Exactly. Uh, but uh, I'll just to, let me be sincere and let me just eat the nail on the head. <laughs> I think after the reign of the likes of, uh, I think Federer is almost out right now. Mm-hmm. Nadal might follow because I think Nadal's body will make uh, Novak just out winning. Uh, talking about Grand Slam. Uh, that's what I think. And I think after Novak, it will turn to what we are seeing now in the female mm-hmm. version. 
for exactly. a lot of years. It might be it, it might be up to like five years, but I think that is what's going to happen. We are not going to have a, an outright a dominant dominant force in the male tennis. That, that is what I can see for now. Those guys are not so consistent, and mm. I, I I can't see any further. All right, perfect. Hundred percent. I think we are going back to. We'll probably go back to what we've seen in the female version, whereby we uh, somebody will win one championship, then you, you you will not probably see them again. And something just came to my mind. I think I I I listened to one particular. Uh, I, I can't remember the program. In the last sixteen years, was there any Grand Slam final without any of these top three? At least one mm. of them playing. Mm. Mm. <laughs> that's I a don't bad, think so. That's a bad one, man. That's now, a bad that, record, that yeah. takes me to the case of Andy, uh, uh, Andy Murray. I actually love Andy Murray. You know, I I, I, I like anything uh, British. I don't know. I love Andy <laughs> Murray a lot. I think Andy Murray in another era would have probably ended up with eighth championship. Am I wrong to say that? No, I you're not. You're not. You're not. One hundred You're not. Which means Andy Murray and Stan Wawrinka having three championships is is uh, is not a small joke in this era. Exactly. Yeah. And considering the fact that Andy Murray competed a lot with these guys, at least up yeah. to the semi-final stage, and sometimes he lost in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think people don't give him enough credit. He has three Grand Slams in this and era. Potro. And Del Potro. And Del Potro. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that Potro. guy. I think mm-hmm. injury didn't really do uh, the guy. Yes. Yeah, but he, yeah. he, he got yeah. two ta- two championships. Uh, Stan well. Marinka, I think, also got one. Warinka as well. So I just want to give kudos to those three guys because it wasn't as if the competition they had were walkovers, you know, like what Olaole was alluding to. Yeah. These yeah. Are, they had players that, if you take out those three guys, they had people that would yeah. easily win five, six. They will have five, six, look, seven like you, championship to their name. You, looks like you guys have forgotten Roddick, though. No, yeah, like, yeah. Roddick, yes, was a power hitter, but technically, you can't say Roddick was in their era. Technically, exactly. because yeah, Roddick was just the, the the last of the Mohicans before the Federal Express train started to taking over. You know, yeah, I, I yeah. would put more Roddick with maybe the Agassiz. Maybe I'm wrong, but that's no Andrew. I know. I was name of this Australian guy, Leighton Hewitt. Leighton Hewitt and Andy Roddick. Yeah, yeah. I think those yes. were the contemporaries really. Yeah. Uh, so it's a big credit to what those three guys have done Done. but it also talks of the huge talent pool that they had to play against that there were still some people that could win one game two games against them when it really mattered yeah Um, but i really don't think we would go to i i want to disagree with both shehi and olale i don't think the main the men's competition would devolve into that anything goes or or anybody <laughs> win one and disappear i think there are some people that are really there i mean you, alexander zarev is 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 the real deal hmm. uh daniel medvedev, medvedev i also yeah. believe is is going to be the new djokovic hmm. um and let's not take away anything from our cars. i know it's coming also from sin his name is sina right yeah sina, yeah. yeah yeah so i think 
the, the only challenge is it might take a year or two for, them for to the balance next off. set of three, next set of four, four to shape separate up, shape themselves up from, from the, the competition. Lot. But once they do, I think we are going to see another era of dominance. Whether they will now win as much as the big three, I don't know. All right, perfect. Thank you very much for that, Kachi. That's why we call you the Oracle Kachi. But my predictions have always gone wrong. That's, so you might, you know, you know, back in the back in the days, you 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 got that name and you got it right. She is the new, is the same, is the stand Oracle. Is the Oracle. 2.0, 2.0, the bigger version, the, up, the upgrade right. right now. Perfect. So for me, it to be to, to football right now. What we have a couple of things to talk about and. um it's crazy to start with. I just have to put it out there. It's crazy. Uh, you see the way um, Pep Guardiola is handling Manchester City right now. He already told I go again as of last season that he's no longer in his plans. Uh, they had a standoff with, with Ryan Stalin a year left. Stalin moving to a direct um, a direct driver. In, 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 in the in the company of Chelsea, of course, Bernardo Silva offering himself on multiple occasions to Barcelona, and uh, don't forget that Guardiola was ready to sell both Sterling and Bernardo last season, save for the fact that Arsenal were not in the Champions League. Bernardo could have been an Arsenal player, so so it's not like Guardiola is not holding on. Or holding back on any player that okay, you cannot go. I'm pretty sure on this show we discussed it maybe three or four weeks ago that Laporte was closely linked to Juventus. And a lot of us like, what? Why is Laporte leaving? When you know that Nathan Ake is being directly linked to Chelsea to go back to Chelsea. At a point, there were rumors that fee has been agreed, personal personal terms have been agreed. It was just for City to agree with them, blah blah blah. You know, things could change right now. But my question, Shay, is are we seeing a similar model with, with Pep with what we've seen in the past with um um with Gusin, whereby he just changes his team? He changes his team at a particular point, like okay. You guys have done enough. I like you. I love you, but it's time for you guys to move on. And like, is it crazy? And I'll give you, I'll, I'll give you a, a very, very good example. I know people tend to say it was because of a fire, blah blah blah. But selling just you have stamped that year. I don't know if it was two thousand and one, two thousand or two thousand and two. Two thousand and one, two thousand and one. Selling that that particular year. Thank you for doing that, by the way. Milan still thanks you for that. <laughs> like it was, it was ridiculous, <laughs> and he has done it over and over. Where he just takes out players, like okay, you can go. We're bringing in new faces to to continue the legacy. Or do you think Guardiola is crazy? If you ask me, I think he's crazy. But that's what I think personally. I think, I think <laughs> it should be more a little bit gradual, given that we are not even seeing more more faces coming to the city. But it's uh, Guardiola. The I, I, I think Guardiola's case is uh, different, uh, uh, as in majorly different from uh, Ferguson's own. Uh, you mentioned the likes of uh, Stamp, uh, they had issues. Vanisteroid had problem with uh, Ferguson, not quite a big problem, but for because of Ronaldo's, uh, what's it called, uh, development, they had to let Van Nistelrooy go. And um, if you look at the others too, Roy Kane 
issue, even though Roy Kim was not even one of the major players during that time, but was still the captain. But to actually uh, send the message that nobody is bigger than Alex Ferguson, he agreed to let Roy King go. What I'm trying to say in short is that Ferguson actually don't sell performing players. Mm. The, the only issue that makes you leave Alex Ferguson's team is because you are probably, you, you want to be bigger than his team. There can be only one boss. Now, if we talk about Guardiola, Guardiola seems to think a lot. He seems to find a system the way he wants to play it. Even when you are a player that scores 10, 15 goals in a season, there's still something he's not seeing in his team. There is a possibility of him selling you. So I think that is what we are seeing in the likes of um, Sterling and Bernardo. Uh, uh, what's it called? In fact, I, I saw a statistic recently about Sterling. Uh, I couldn't believe it. That under every player, especially the attacking ones, that played under Pep, uh, Pep Guardiola, the combination of assists and goals, the only person that betters Sterling's record is Lionel Messi. And uh, if you look at that, this is a player that I just sold to Chelsea. So it definitely shows that Guardiola has a system, has a belief. There's a particular way he wants to play. And when you fall down that particular order or you are not really fit for purpose, it shifts you out. So I think that's a difference. Uh, between Guardiola and Alex Ferguson. I'm not going to say it's crazy because they win trophies, even though it's still lacking the Champions League uh, since Barcelona days. But I think that's the difference between the two uh, great coaches. All right, perfect. Uh, Kachi, do you think selling, selling to Chelsea will come back to haunt uh, Guardiola or Manchester City, so to speak? Uh, no. Um, the, the short answer is no. The long answer is maybe only in the league because you still need depth and Sterling, for whatever reason, whether fit for purpose or not, has shown his versatility by being able to play from the wing and also straight down the middle in the first night, first night row. Uh, the fact that he has also learned under some really good coaches and different styles of football uh, from the patience counter-attacking football they played in Liverpool to the tiki-taka possessive, possessive football that Man City played. You are basically letting a very intelligent and still potentially young player leave that can contribute to your direct rival. However, I just think City has set the standard so high um, and even though they let certain players go, they replenish so well because there's just a law that Guardiola has that makes some players just say, even if it doesn't work out, I want to see what it's like to be coached by a mind such as Pep Guardiola. I think another coach that has that right now in the current game is also Klopp. So they, it doesn't really matter. So, but all this is to say that I think City is still well placed to do well in the short term. Um, I don't know how it would be like in the long term. I think it's still their championship or their league to lose. Manchester United, I don't care what you did in the preseason. 
it's still City's champion, championship to lose. Um, he may not show all his death last year because he suffered a lot of injuries. And I hear possibly that Alexander Zinchenko may also move, move to Arsenal yeah. uh, before the end of this week. Uh, but I think because of the style of football he plays and adding a proven goal scorer in Erling Haaland, um, if it's the goal's contribution that Sterling contributes, uh, he was not going to miss that miss because of what Alan will, will bring. bring. I think the only thing that he will miss is the the versatility that Sterling has. But we've seen Pep transform players. I think because of Enigalan's age, there will be certain room for development. And I expect Pep to be the best person to, to add another layer to, to his game. So long and short answer, in the long run, it may hurt them. But shortest answer is no. I think City are still well placed. All right. Uh, perfect. I, I don't know how to answer to that. Uh, honestly, <laughs> I, I feel I feel weird about it. I don't know if Olali have anything to say or you want us to move to the next topic. No, I, I, I think um, the only surprise for me, I'm not like, I'm not surprised about the guys that has left City. I'm just probably surprised with the numbers and the probably potential guys. Exactly. Uh, the potential guys that might likely based on the rumors we are hearing. For Sterling, for all the good stats we uh, Shei brought forward about, Sterling is actually a frustrating figure in terms of the way he plays. Yeah, I think uh, letting him go. Uh, for I uh, okay, looking at that city team with Alan in the team now. That left side is a bit congested because Foden might likely play from that left side. Uh, Grealish might play from that left side. Uh, Sterling tends to um, struggle if you put him on the right because he doesn't have that chance to cut him. And so I don't think it's a hot city that much. And how much is going to improve uh, even Chelsea? I don't know because Chelsea will simply have their five at the back system <laughs> and so on. So, so for well, who again? Uh, as let's okay, for Gabriel Jesus, Gabriel Jesus was just for his career. I think Gabriel Jesus' career deserves to be a starter in somewhere a team some, somewhere else. So, I think that one is. It's just good for everybody involved, and I, 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 I want to put myself on the line. I think uh, all things being equal, I, I see Gabriel Jesus probably eating twenty goals this season. I, I think I, so I'll so. my head there. I, I, I so see so. him eating twenty goals this season. Wow. FPL, he has FPL, that potential. That is, that is no, as nine in top four. FPL guys, please in take a, note of what over, 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 overall, overall, I'm pretty sure Lali is talking about, but not just in the EPL. But, but I'm sure he's going to have good numbers this season. Yeah. Just, just let, let's take note of that. And for I think the only one that is a bit surprising to me is uh, Ak. Who they have now probably uh, I think they've ended that rumor. Yeah. And, and Bernardo Silva. I'm not sure they have to say Bernardo Silva because he was their best player last season. I don't see any reason to that. They've come out to say they're not going to sell Bernardo anyway. Exactly. But Bernardo, Bernardo has continuously. Bernardo has continuously if, offered himself for Barca. Yes. That's the problem. And if, if, if Zilichenko is going, I think Kukurela is coming in. One way or the other, even when you have a championship team, like Debo rightly pointed out, you need to refresh it somehow. You need guys from new, new guys who will be more motivated. Some guys who you think 
what else can they offer to this team? You don't think so. Sterling, I don't think he can offer anything to that City team again. Mm. And there is one guy we are not probably talking about, probably because most of us have not seen him, is the Argentine Alvarez, who is coming from South America. Yeah. We don't know what yeah. That's doing. exactly, oh. that's, a, that's another thing. That's another fresh, fresh one uh, for, for, so for, 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 for me, I think, if, 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 if it's going to end with this number, and probably if Zilechenko is going and Kukurela is coming in, I don't think they've, uh, I I think it's still within reach. If it, it's now, if Bernardo Silva leaves, uh, let me say okay, that's where I will start looking at uh, Pep, what's going on. But for now, I think it's still okay. All right, perfect. Uh, moving to Kulido Kulabali, the Senegalese giant. He has moved to Chelsea, completed the 34 million pound move to Chelsea. Uh, replaced a direct replacement for uh for Rudiger. And I was I've just looking at the statistics over the course of last season. Played 29 games. Um. At least makes a tackle, a, a 1.7 tackle every game, which is which is marvelous. At the same time, he had just one red the whole of the Serie last season. Uh, keep possession pretty well as well. But the eccentric, uh, what's his name again? Uh, Rafa Benitez has come out to say, uh, Kulibali is always overconfident and loses focus when it really matters most. Uh, Sheyi. Uh, is, is this is this replacement good enough for for Rudiger? Like this, is a, for me, is a direct is a direct score, and I feel at this age, he has developed to the maximum that he can develop to. So it's going to be like replacing one world class player for another one and helping uh, Thiago Silva. But I don't know if you have a dissenting opinion about that. Yeah, I, I think uh, that you're, you're actually correct. And uh, come to think about it, uh, losing Rudiger, who else would you have turned to? That should be the question. If you are looking for that kind of experience, that kind of height, that kind of uh, 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 presence in the defense, I think it's actually a, a good uh, uh, choice for Chelsea. Uh, Benitez can say that I believe every defender uh, has his own nightmare. I still recall uh, the fearless uh, Neman, Nemanja Vidic whenever he sees Torres. So uh, every every defender, they all have their issues, their nightmare. For Kalidu, Ka, uh, Kulibali, it could be a uh, loss of concentration at times. That statement is just for the likes of Alan to know when to capitalize. <laughs> uh, that is That is all I can see from there. But in all, I think Chelsea got their man. They've been able to, you know, get someone to replace Rudiger, which is very, very important to that defense. Without defense, Chelsea, <laughs> Chelsea is actually nothing. All right, perfect. Um, 1.4 tackles per game. Um, interception stands at 1.1. He commits about one foul every game, which is. A ridiculous statistics for a defender, a central defender for that matter. Although he plays in the Serie A, um, offside he keeps he keeps the offside minimal as well at 0.7. Clearance is 3.1 per game, and he does not get dribbled. Get dribbled 0.5 per game, which is ridiculous, and he has about 0.9 block per game as well. So for me. I think it's, it's quite a good replacement. Well, I, I know you want to say something, but because we are pressed for time, I'm going to come to you directly about your boy, FDJ, that wants to move to Barcelona. We don't understand what Barcelona is doing. 
uh, we don't understand what United are doing. Uh, at one point, fifty-five million pounds being agreed. Another, another day, we are waking up to a, a different world. Even Fabrizio doesn't understand this transfer assistance. He cannot even tell us <laughs> on this one. What exactly is happening now, Ali? Tell me. Yeah, like like you say, even by uh, even Prabizu himself is getting confused. You know there is a problem somewhere. Uh, I think probably one that sometimes in the future, I hope uh, somebody will come out with a detailed explanation about this transfer saga. I think it has some legal issues. I think um, Barcelona and Frankie the Young are playing some kind of is it a cat and mouse uh, game here. I think it has to do with money, but the complexity or let me say the detail is what we don't know. What we know is for the fact that Barcelona are owing Frankie the Young some money. Owing him, literally, because the information we had is that there were some difference, like it differs some way. If you say at yeah. least, or if, it's, if something is different, that means, okay, I'm, I'm Debo, I'll pay you this something, uh, the far which is uh, in my books. Yeah, that's a liability. Like, okay, I'm going to pay it. Now, that is the information we have. Now, what I've been thinking is, okay, if you say you are going to hold me, you are going to pay me something at the letter day. Even if I'm leaving, once you've recognized the fact that you are owing me this money, even if I've left that team, you should still be able to pay me without okay, any 100%, 100%. issue. 100%. Aha. So now, if that becomes an issue, that means it is just more than I'm owing you this money. That is where the latest information I have probably uh, I was able to get today I think makes a bit of sense it's not just about them owing him it was about them renegotiating his contract I think starting from the 2020 21 season now the COVID. yeah they are doing the COVID period the, two, the wages for those two years a chunk a large chunk of it have now been renegotiated to be paid in the now uh, he, he had to extend his contract down by two years. Now, so they were, uh, those two, uh, they were now spread across 2020-2023, which is this season starting now. This right. season we are looking at. So, uh-huh. large chunk of those money were now moved to uh, starting from 2020-2023. So, I think he now added another two years. So, from the way it stands, if you look at legally, it is not like Barcelona is actually owing that money. From that, that's from this point of yeah, view. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because something has been renegotiated. It's like a signed contract. So, if the young probably wants to enjoy those money that has now been deferred to the latter part of his contract, he, he has to stay. He need to stay in Barcelona to earn it. If not, that money is gone. So, but I don't know the clause in that contract that probably if the young uh, categorically make it clear that he wants to leave. That uh, that is gone, but probably if Barcelona wants to sell him, now it now becomes it's not like I don't want to play this year. It is you guys that want to sell me. Yeah. So if you guys are selling me, you need to compensate me for those money that we moved to those years of my contract that I cannot uh, what would I I cannot fulfill because you guys want to sell me. I think that is where the complexity of this whole thing is coming. And from the way it stands to now, he has his own... Barcelona uh, 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 will not be able, due to the La Liga laws, uh, depend, uh, on what do you call it, uh, restriction about uh, uh, salary cap, uh, yeah. Rafinha, without sorting out, what do you call it, um, 
start situation with, with, is, with Frankie it looks very messy. We'll probably get more information. But I see this team probably going to the last day of the transfer window as it stands. All right, perfect. And if 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 they don't find a resolution, if you negotiated your contract, just to put it out there, you've negotiated your contract and it becomes it becomes void. Exactly. Whatever, whatever you whatever contract you have before then becomes void at the it becomes void. So there's no way you can go back and say I was earning four hundred and fifty thousand euros exactly where you've negotiated your contract down to two hundred and fifty thousand two hundred and fifty thousand pounds of two hundred and fifty thousand um, euros per week unless unless it, there was a cutter offer that this particular amount will be deferred. So I'm, I was earning four fifty before now. I'm negotiating with guys because of COVID. I'll take two hundred fifty thousand dollars now, two hundred fifty thousand pounds right now, and it, the other two hundred thousand will be deferred to a later date. Unless there's that clause in it, then there's a whole exactly. lot of complication, complication uh, in, in, that we don't really have access to. Exactly involved in this one. I, I wish I wish United will not get him. I wish Barcelona will keep owing debts. I, I don't wish both clubs um any good <laughs> as a matter of fact. But, 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 but you know if United can lay their hands on Frankie De Young, that could be the beginning of some good thing because it, you it, cannot it, it, win it, without my friend. It's you can't be, win without my it's going friend. To be, it's going to be a huge catalyst. Uh Tachi, I'm gonna to come to you next. I did this on my own, like uh, a, a whole segment of beats, dissected it, but now that I have my panel of analysts with me. I need I need to restate my step and hear your opinion about it. For one second, let's pretend United gets Frankie the Young. Mm-hmm. They already signed Christian Eriksen. Mm-hmm. Eriksen statistically, statistically, his best position is an attacking midfielder, not as a central midfielder. As mm-hmm. an attacking midfielder, Eriksen has played 252 games had 55 goals and had a, a whooping 75 assists. I'm pretty sure if we throw this kind of statistics out for a message, like, oh, wow. But because it's, it's Christian Eriksen, people don't mm-hmm. understand. And in the central midfield role, he played 91 times, scored 13 goals and had 24 assists. As a left midfielder, he played 78 games at 25 goals and 23 assists. So looking at the statistics, I think we both agree for one second that his best position is at attacking midfielder. That leads you to the next question of Bruno Fernandes, who happens to be the best player for United across the past maybe two seasons or since he came, he came to the he came to Old Trafford. No doubt about that. And one point that we've only been about about Bruno is the fact that Bruno loses possession. He lacks concentration. He, 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 gets, he gets you the goal. If uh, uh, Ericsson wants to move to the left side of the front three, for instance, you already have a Jordan Sancho there. Probably an Antonio Martial or a Marcus Rashford. <laughs> so it's difficult to play there. Playing on top of the cherry, of Mark Fred or whoever, Frankie and Fred, and playing on the cherry, that will be, that will be taking Bruno's spots. Um, as a matter of fact, 
Ericsson has played as a center forward four times with two goals and three assists. So it's not like he cannot play as a first nine. He can play as a first nine. He can play as a defensive midfielder as well. But of course, the intensity that will be required, given what we saw for Ericsson, to, um, I think last year at the European Championship, we have to be careful. And like I said before now, without you guys, Kanu was well managed with a similar situation. Some people have not been some people have been unlucky. So it's not like uh Ericsson is a walking dead. I don't agree with that. I think he's still the same player. If not because of the laws in Italy. After Conte left, Ericsson would have blossomed at Inter Milan. What is the most viable? I know it's a very pretty hard question, but what's the most viable option for Tenag with this complication of Ericsson? And I have to put it out there as well. AC could be what Wamata could not be for United. Well, well, um, yes, you can put that out there, but but in all you've said, all I'm hearing is that Manchester United now has one heck of a versatile player in their midst. Um, I'm not going to call the attacking midfield is best position. Instead, I'm going to say anywhere in that middle is a plus for United. Um, definitely what it brings beyond the competition um, with Bruno Fernandes is uh, the, um, raising Bruno Fernandes's game. Um, Fernandes at a point enjoyed some form of monopoly and that was why I believe his form dipped but there really wasn't any competition for that his role. Uh, in, in so short a time, he became like a demigod in Manchester <laughs> United. Yeah. Um, and that is really what Ericsson brings. Because it's not only Bruno's position that is at risk. Like you said, he can play anywhere in that trident midfield. Fred has to up his game. Even if the FDJ comes, if he comes, which Alawale thinks he will, everyone knows that they are playing with probably someone who is smarter than all of them put together. Yeah, 100%. That's, that's, that's what I believe, that Christian Eriksen haven't played the straight across every league. I believe he's smarter than all these guys. For me, I think his best position is wherever Ten Hag needs him to play on that day. Especially if he will get other players to play at the level we know he can. One thing everybody knows about Christian Eriksen is he will make the entire team better. Brentford was pretty decent, but the latter part of the, of the season, Brentford became a team that played with intelligence. The ball had a purpose when it was going forward in Christian Eriksen's feet, on, the, on his feet. So for me, ultimately, his best position will be where can we get your best out on a match-by-match basis? He is not going to be limited to a particular position. He will complement Bruno Fernandes, but he will also bring out the best in Bruno Fernandes. I think he's a good... I really think he's a great addition to, to that midfield. And... Um, in, in your analysis, you also said he has to be properly managed. I think it's, it's best he stays in England. They have what you no know, best-in-class medical um, 
uh, respiratory coverage and support. You know, you look at um, what um, was our Nigerian Papilo also Papilo got Kano. to enjoy. But yes, he will have to be managed. He's going to a team. Thankfully, it's, it's United in Europe this year. <laughs> they are in Europa League. Europa. 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 They are in the Europa League. So that means he can get a Sunday, Thursday sequence, which is probably not the worst. Uh, I don't expect him to play every game, but I expect him to play where Ten Hag needs him to play in any, depending on the opposition. If they are going to play a Man City that would hold the ball a lot, then he might need to play a double five ball and Christian Eriksen can play that double five five ball and do the Alexander Pello type of passes just to cut out that Man City middle, middle and send the ball above that midfield. So I think it would depend on the opposition and it would depend on where Ten Hag needs him to play. But it is not a blow to Christian Eriksen. It is a testament to his cerebral nature and how valuable I think he is. All right. I hope I hope Tenag is that, listening to you. That's a very diplomatic answer. But yeah, I, I hope Tenag is listening to you and it, it takes it game by game as well. Allah Ali, your opinion. Yeah, I think um uh if you look at the United squad very well, one thing that is lacking in that squad is United don't really have players who are press resistance. Like, if you are under pressure, can you beat the press? Can you make the other team to think twice before pressing you? None of those guys can probably do it. And that is probably the first set of things because with the kind of, with what we've heard about Ten Hag, somebody coming from the Dutch uh, school of, uh, what do you call it? Uh, school of thoughts. We all know what they want. A bit of, at least, control. And this is what Ericsson brings in. It's a different kind of a number 10. Fernandez is close to what uh, you could regard to as a, a what would I say, a second striker. Those kind of midfielders who time their runs. Uh, perfect, yeah. Perfect and get to the edge of the box, rebound, all those shots. But in terms of real playmaking, in terms of retaining possession, in terms of decision making, we all know uh, if there was something we like, you rightly said that we uh, we all identify about Fernandez is he's not the best of decision maker. It um, gets a bit erratic at times. So I just think Ericsson, depending on I don't depending on what it's available, I probably feel Fernandez will start from uh, in that role. But as the season goes on. We might be seeing either him and Ericsson rotating or probably more of Ericsson. And like and because Eric because of Ericsson versatility, there, there will be games where he might probably ask to play from that left. There will be games he will play as 10. But like you but like Kachi rightly said, it's going to bring more competition. And yeah, but I think it's going to have Bruno oh, wow. will be rightly much, much more affected by this. And um uh, Oh, the lights, but and, uh, and, so, and, 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 and things will move on. Okay, all right, perfect. Exactly. Right. Thank you very much for that. Um, Shay, any dissenting opinion to what Kachi and Amola um, Ali said? Not really, but uh, what I just want to say is, uh, it's going to be a initial. It's going to be like a headache for for for, for Ten Hag. But guess what? It's a very good headache. Exactly. 
it's better for you to have those kind of quality players in your team than have one that uh, uh, that once in a while can down tools. Uh, trust me, if you have injury to any of these players, you have the other one to stand in. Also, depending on the type of uh, team you want to play, like um, uh, Kachi mentioned the other time, mm-hmm. you know what you want to get out of the game, then you know who to play. Also, this is a club that plays quite a lot of games over one season. So having those quality players in the team is a big plus for any coach. All right, perfect. And just like Kachi just gave us an update, the lights has agreed terms with Bayern Munich uh, moving to Alice Arena uh, till 2027 for a whooping 80 million euros. I wonder why would anybody would spend that kind of money on the lights. Uh, but of course... Um, it's Bayern now. Do they spend money at all? They spend some ridiculous money sometimes. Like, hey, when, this, this is when they get to spend This is the part of the ridiculous money. This is part of the ridiculous money. They spend like 67 or 70 million on a particular Tio Hernandez. Tio Hernandez, yes. They bought Toliso for like 50... They just... Okay. Whatever. In light of this, guys, I have a question. You don't have time anyway. I want to take the host role. Sheyi and Olawale. Right now, based on what we know right now, who is winning the transfer market this season so far? Across Europe or just in England? Across Europe. Across, across, across Europe. Europe. England. Across Europe. Across Europe. I, seeing, I, I, what, I seeing what Barcelona that does not have money to buy Indominus are able to get <laughs> in spite of their debt, who is winning the transfer markets right now? Uh, for ah. me. For me. Uh, let me go first. For me, I'm actually looking at uh, Juventus and my reason being uh, selling Pogba for so much money and getting on the free twice. Okay. That's a bargain. That, that, that's a bargain of the century. And I think they also... Yeah, definitely. And they also get... Thank you. I, I was about to say that. I think those two players are world-class players. Pogba is a... Of course, we know that he's a... A not so serious boy, <laughs> but is actually going to make Juventus better. Getting those two alone, I think that's a very massive signing for for those teams, especially on the free. Uh, they are, they are, they're actually doing good business. If, if, I, you know, when you ask this, I'm not prepared for this question. I quickly scan around the room. Nobody has actually made any, uh, but I think if I have to go for one, I think I will go for Tottenham Hotspur. Okay. Uh, most people are not looking at them, but I think they've made some. We all know what uh, Conte wants to do. I think that Ivan Perisic could be a game changer if he's very fit to that team. Ivan Perisic on that left wing back, could, with those crosses, and with them adding Richarlison, they, that, they've added a bit of versatility uh, let me say uh, they have a bit uh, they can rotate very well you have Kulisensky can play from the right I don't know how good uh, Richarlison could go from that right side but they could mix things up now they have like options now in the friendly game we saw um, Lucas Moura playing more of the wing back I think they have bought in a lot of players that and they look like it seemed that they already know the people like they thought they went to they dropped some players uh, who I think will be looking for clubs for them. 
uh Sergio Guillon and some couple of guys. That Tottenham team looks like they they are one they are, if, if there is a team that need they, they knew what they want and they've went they've gone ahead to get those players. They got them very early. And if there is some a team that could probably pull a bit of surprise in the Premier League with what they've done, it, it's not like they've got one exceptional player, but they've got seen the players they actually needed. And okay. I think I'll go I, I'll, I'll say sports. And Deborah. I thought I was exempted from the question. No, I, I, it's interesting the text I got from Oshie here and Anale. I really want to compare notes. Honestly, honestly, I can't think of anybody. Uh, Barcelona would have been Vula, who I, have thought, I would have thought, but the players that Barcelona bought brought it. Uh, I, I'm not convinced. So I don't know, honestly, uh, Kachi. Honestly, I don't know. I can't, I can't point out. So, Kachi, go ahead, please. I, yeah, I, I so, don't know. I don't know. That's yeah, the, that's I, I, and guys, answer. I know it's a really tricky question and I put you on the spot there, but I kept thinking about it. Certain clubs have made certain splashes, you know, that in the past you would have said, oh, they have clearly won the transfer market, but you can select any club and you will not be wrong. Chelsea fortifying with Koulibaly and uh, Sterling, yeah. I, I think it's a very good deal. Uh, Bayern Munich, even though they are not threatened locally, still fortifying themselves with money. the league and, and money. Uh, Real Madrid doing their business before everybody brought out their their purse in Chouameni. Uh, 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 and they're like, okay, we're done with the market. We got what we wanted and all that. So it, it will make for an interesting um assessment when this new season comes who, who, who settles in quicker who gets the results they want better i guess that's really when we can say so nobody nobody is really has one, has one nobody has really spent like they've not really spent or should i say bought players that are crazy because because looking at city city bought alan and um calvin phillips uh there's nothing Alvarez, nothing so spectacular about that Arsenal being Arsenal, bought a couple of um, average players, nothing spectacular in that front. Sports, I don't think I don't take them too seriously because they are sports. But I think I will agree with Lawale, probably they are the best, they are they buy the best transfer market. Because the players that they are buying right now might not be for long term, but they will fit into the purpose that Conte wants them to. So I will agree with Lawale for, for one sec and say and say sports. I think what we've seen in this transfer window is in as much as the teams are buying, they are letting go of some players too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Chelsea have lost Rudy Gay, they've lost Christensen. So it's more trying to, to uh, like for like. Repli- like for like most for for majority of the team. And like Debo clearly said, we've not really seen that big and, player move. Like yeah. probably there's no big player that is available to, for movement for now. Mm-hmm. So and that's probably the reason why I look probably look at sports and I just feel like I gave us said it might not be a long-term thing and we know content for that it's not a long-term coach everything is just for the moment I just feel like they plug in into those we, we, we know what we expect from them we know how they will line up 
and with the kind of rigorous training they are going through now, I just think Richarlison gives them a bit of something different up down front. They can, they, they, make, they can make a lot of twists in that their lineup and formation. All right, uh, it, it, it that makes them very dangerous. Perfect. Unfortunately, time will not permit us to go over Lewandowski this weekend, which is unfortunate. But Segravi has signed a contract extension with Bayern Munich, putting ahead to his move to Chelsea or Manchester United. Um, Gabriel Maglis of Arsenal has been touted to move to Juventus. Uh, they want to take Bravo Albiot to your other way. And of course, um, they want to take uh, Rabi Albert to the, to the other way to Arsenal, but this deal might not potentially happen. Zechenko, uh, we heard there's a 30 million pound agreement between Manchester, Manchester City and Arsenal for Zechenko to be the to deputize for um, Kerritain in Arsenal. The Bella, Moise Moreau is doing everything within his power to convince the Bella to move to uh the right the red side of Rome and of course um Alessandro Martinez has agreed has agreed personal time and Ajax has agreed fee of, of up to 10, uh, 50, 53 million pounds for Lissandro Martinez to move to the ultra port. Jonas Kolde could be moving to either Barcelona or Chelsea in the coming days. Player has agreed personal time with Barcelona already. I don't understand where Barcelona are going to be getting the money to do this one and of course at team of the day Kuzus has scored three goals for Arsenal during the preseason with two assists as well we wish Arsenal good luck wish all the good teams good luck apart from sports I don't know uh, for me <laughs> apart from sports every other person good luck apart from total sports my name is Larija Adebola and still the new sisters sports show till we see you again next week don't stop us on supporting sports bye guys <laughs> <laughs>